This episode of Z Prime on the Grid is sponsored by NREL and the American Made Solar Prize. For more information on how you can get involved in the upcoming rounds of the prize, check out the link in the description. Now on with the show. This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Z Prime on the Grid. I am Dylan Lockwood. Joining me is my co-host, Joyce Dooley. Joyce, how are you doing today? I'm doing incredibly well, Dylan. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good myself. Uh, things are getting uh, nice and cold up here. Mm. In the, and uh, so it means it's time for winter sport. Uh, I don't know that and, we know the meaning of that in South Texas. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. I, uh, I'll have to teach you sometime. Would love it. Yeah. Uh, but today we're going to get taught about solar. Great transition. Today on the show, we have GoSmart Solar CEO Robert Miggins. Uh, hello, Robert. Uh, thank you for joining us. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Joyce. How are you? Happy to be here. Hi, Robert. Great to have you. And also joining us is President Jason Pittman. Jason, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, just FYI, Winter Sport in Texas is watching Christmas movies on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that really does take a lot of stamina, you know, um, so it's very accurate. Robert and Jason, you've both been in the solar industry for a while now, and you have your own solar startup in San Antonio. What made you decide to take on solar? What drives us as a company is... We want to see the adoption of solar happen as fast and as aggressively as possible. And one of the biggest factors that holds that back is the cost. It's pretty much the number one factor. Solar is still pretty expensive. Um, and and the But one of the other things that we figured out is if we are trying to figure out how to deploy solar as quickly as possible, we kind of had two choices. We could sell solar directly to homeowners and businesses, and we do that. Uh, we do that primarily to businesses. But the other thing we figured out was if we if we had more of a utility-centric approach and wanted to uh, be the sort of the nimble solar guys that utilities can partner with in order for utilities to bring solar programs to their customers, we decided that would be a faster way to see solar get deployed more quickly. And we felt like we could have a bigger impact that way. So I think that was a big decision that that we made was to say, let, let's focus on utilities and how do we partner with them? And through that, we could we feel like we could see solar happen faster. You know, while we created the company Go Smart Solar to help deploy more solar, um, in addition to what Robert just mentioned, we also did it because of climate change. You know, we want to do our part to help the environment. And we think, the you know, the biggest kind of best way to do that is to help utilities, primarily municipally owned utilities, uh, deploy these innovative programs in ways that are still what we would call kind of, you know, financially responsible to their customer base. Um, and so that was kind of how uh, GoSmart Solar grew. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why we created the Big Sun Community Solar Program was for exactly that. More solar, more people, in a way that we think is financially responsible for municipally owned utilities. 
Yeah, I think that that's really fantastic. And, you know, I know that we go way back, you know, several years from when you guys got started out of the Geekdom co-working space. And so it's been a real treat to watch you guys kind of grow and scale your business. Um, but finding that balance between fiscal responsibility or, you know, really great financial management and sustainability of your operations in tandem with you know, climate and sustainability efforts, um, I think that you can have both and that your company is a really great example of how you can achieve that with intention. So I'm really excited to kind of dive in a little bit deeper with you guys today. Um, the next question that we have is, you know, solar, the solar industry has been around for a while. Um, what changes in technology have taken place that really excite you, you know, you know, integrating technology into the solar industry or into your models? So what really excites us about technology in the solar space is, um, you know, in addition to stuff that's well known, you know, solar panel technology is improving every year. The costs keep coming down um, as uh, in, inverter manufacturers release new products. They add more value because they're smarter and they do more things. Um, everyone knows that batteries are on the horizon. People are starting to uh, integrate them into their homes, also their businesses. What I'm really excited about is, you know, I don't know if you or, or your listeners have ever gone through a uh, kind of solar sales meeting, right? But, you know, someone may knock on your door, you know, pre-COVID, they came inside, they sat down in your living room. You know, they have these forms, these handwritten forms where they ask you how much you spend on electricity. They kind of look at your roof. They sort of look at some trees. It's all very analog, right? And mm -hmm. so one thing that we thought was interesting in this this opportunity in the space is how do we use technology to significantly improve the user experience when it comes to evaluating solar and then ultimately buying solar. So there's lots of stuff out there. You know, we use LIDAR to look at our customers' rooftops to see um, is this rooftop viable for solar or not? We can give you a solar score. Uh, we've created and written APIs that are connected directly to utility billing departments, right? So mm -hmm. you can go onto our website, give us your account number, we verify that you're an actual customer, then we import 12 months worth of your usage history, which goes a long way in determining how much solar should you buy. You don't want to buy too much, you don't want to buy too little, and so we've kind of removed those barriers in, in terms of buying the right amount. Uh, we, you know, we send solar, our community solar program, we send our credits to CPS Energy every single month, right? There is a certain level of cybersecurity assurance connected to that, right? So all of our solar all of our solar credits are encrypted to make sure that they're as secure as possible. We have customer portals with real-time production monitoring. We have communication uh, processes where we're we're sending text messages to our customers every month to to let them know how much they saved. Um, you know we, you know whenever we launched the company GoSmart, it was really how do we leverage Robert's background in technology, how do we leverage my background in energy, and create a company and create a product that provides a really great user experience and. You know, we think that we've done that with GoSmart and then especially with Big Sun Community Solar. You know, the technology is everything from the utility facing side of it all the way out to the customer. And in this case, mobile communication or, or uh, SMS text messages. So it also makes our life, by the way, it also makes our life easier. 
It also makes our customers happier. So once we've, you know, here's a, here's an interesting thing. Imagine, you know, think about it this way. When we sell customer, when we sell community solar to a customer, the painful part is the front end because they have to pay for it. And all they're doing is the, the, the money is an outflow. And oftentimes they've taken out a loan. So, you know, that's the worst part is that they're spending a large amount of upfront money on this investment. From that point forward, especially with community solar, that's the last thing that they'll ever have to do. From that point forward, it's nothing but credits. And every month we're delivering happiness, you know, to, to borrow a phrase from the the, the late CEO of Zappos, you know, it, we're, we're delivering good news. So every month it's like, dear Joyce, you saved $67 last month. Thank you for choosing Big Sun Community Solar. Very quick, you know, and it's, but it's just an opportunity with technology and where it's gone. It's an opportunity to just remind people why they made this decision. And the hard part is over with. You borrowed the money, you paid for it up front, whatever you did. Now it's just like, we're just delivering this monthly a bit of good news as a reminder that you should be happy that you did this because we're doing a lot of work for you and it's just automatically going to show up in your bill. So it's actually kind of fun. So uh, homeowners have struggled in the past with obtaining solar power systems for their homes and seeing meaningful ROI. Can you speak to the value of community solar programs in comparison? Over the last, let's say, four to five years, a lot of our customers have shifted towards, you know, financial-driven decisions, so ROI. Um, you know, back whenever solar first launched, it was more the early adopters were, were really driven by the environmental benefits, right? So if we kind of move forward to uh, the financial-based decision uh, in terms of adopting solar, people want to uh, maximize the return on their investment. It, it makes sense, right? And so... You know, one of the benefits of community solar is that uh, not only is it not on your roof and, you know, just kind of expanding on what Robert mentioned earlier, once you buy into community solar, you're finished. Uh, with rooftop solar, you're not. You have to make sure that that system is uh, working properly every month. And so that requires what we would, you know, recommend annual operation and maintenance inspections uh, just to make sure that there's not a you know, a family of squirrels living underneath your panels and have chewed up your wires. <laughs> uh, you also have to make sure that your panels are, you know, are clean. You know, there's a lot of dust. And uh, if you live in central Texas during the fall and the spring, you know, there's a lot of pollen that's in the air. And so you want to make sure that those panels are uh, producing as much energy as possible. All that comes with a cost. If it's on your roof, you have to pay for it. If you buy into a community solar program like Big Sun, it's included in that upfront cost. In addition to the kind of O&M cost is insurance. You know, anything that you attach to your home, uh, you need to add it to your homeowner's insurance policy. We recommend that our commercial customers add it to their commercial policies, but with community solar, it's actually included in the cost. So uh, for example, last spring, a hailstorm came through central Texas. Um, it actually went over seven of our Big Sun carport facilities. Uh, six of them were not damaged. Unfortunately, one of them was. We had about 25 panels that were damaged by the hail. Um, under our program, we went out, we identified the panels that were damaged, we replaced those panels. Our customers didn't even know it happened until afterwards, and it didn't cost them 
anything. It was included in just being part of the program. Oh, wow. Now, that echoes a it, lot it, of uh, what other people working in San Antonio uh, have, have told us you know, on, on this show and through other media. And so I'm curious why San Antonio in specific is really hyped on community solar right now. What, what, what's, the, what's the environment there like that makes this uh, such an ideal solution? Well, I would say, to me, it starts with CPS Energy and their leadership. So being a municipally owned utility, CPS really understands that they want to be able to bring solar choices to all of their customers. Homeowners, home renters, apartment dwellers, businesses, nonprofits, you know, they're here to serve the entire community. And so I guess the primary reason why community solar is available is if you, if you, if you don't have something like community solar available in your community, then solar really only works if you own a home and your roof is a good candidate for solar. So, you know, roofs that have plenty of sunlight, um, you might have to trim trees, your roof might point the wrong direction. Maybe you rent your house and so you can't put your solar panels on your landlord's house. Uh, what's nice about CPS is they rec they recognize that and by bringing a community solar option to their customers through us, then any of their customers can participate in solar. I think I think the next big key is, and this is there's some progress on this, but there's more to be done. Is sort of how do we make solar affordable and more equitable so that actually anyone in the community can not just be eligible for it, but it can afford it. And yeah. Part of what they're doing, you know, soon. Sure. I think. Go ahead, I'd, like to, I'd like to expand on that. I'd like Please. to expand on that, Joyce. Or yeah. go ahead. Did you have a follow-up question? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, speaking of equity, we we did want to kind of touch on that. But if you have something to build off of, you know, what Robert was saying, we'd love to hear it, Jason. Sure. Um, I think that if you look at the San Antonio community, and I'll just focus on San Antonio because we live here. You know, there are people throughout our community that want to adopt solar for the financial and the environmental benefits. Unfortunately, a lot of those households and businesses have been left out. Um, you know, I'm overlooking the city right now and we have a beautiful urban tree canopy. Um, so if you go to some of the communities, right, that we're talking about that historically have been uh, underutilized, they have beautiful mature trees. Um, their roofs are shaded, right? And so we don't advocate for people to cut down trees. We don't want that at all, right? Um, let's say they don't have a shaded roof. Um, is their roof less than five years old? Uh, a lot of the homes in those neighborhoods are not. They have, you know, 15, 20, uh, you know, they have older roofs that are not in great shape. You don't want to put a 25-year asset on that roof. Um, in order to install rooftop solar, you have to pull a permit. And if the electrical service panel is not code compliant, you have to upgrade the service panel, which is another expense, right? And so whenever we're looking at these equitable solar programs that are associated with rooftop solar, there's just a lot of, you know, what we would call kind of filters or, or barriers, right? They're the absence of trees. Does the roof point the right direction like Robert mentioned earlier? Is the roof in good shape? Is the electric service panel code compliant? It just starts stacking up 
you know, the way to mitigate those barriers is it's just more money, right? And it's more upfront cost. And those are the reasons why these neighborhoods haven't gone solar to begin with, right? And so we're just kind of stacking more obstacles in front of it. What we like about community solar is that we've decoupled that asset from the roof. We still provide them the benefit of having it on the roof. However, we've just put it in a sunny concrete parking lot somewhere, right? So not only are we uh, providing the solar benefit to some of these, what we would call low to moderate income households, but we've taken the worry and the hassle completely away from them. Um, and then probably the biggest benefit that we haven't talked about is that a lot of these households and a lot of these businesses and nonprofits, they don't own the building they're in, right? So Robert mentioned that earlier, that community solar is a, a great option for renters. The reason it's great is because if, uh, if someone moves, right? So maybe someone is renting a home right now, uh, five years from now, they decide that they want to buy a home. They don't lose their investment because the solar is on their roof. We actually just point the credit to their new address. It follows them around the community um, as they change addresses. It's a secure investment. They don't have to worry about losing it. Yeah, thank you for all of that. You know, um, Dylan, to kind of circle back to your question about, you know, why San Antonio, why community solar being really integrated into a lot of the things that are happening here, you know, Jason and Robert touching on the equity and inclusion of solar programs in our city is, is highly relevant to what CPS Energy and the other Smart SA partners are doing when they're focusing on their sustainability goals and their climate readiness, you know, action plans, um, including their new, um, Power or Flex Power Bundle RFP that's just released. You know, we have we are a historical city. We're one of the oldest cities in America, um, and really needing to think creatively about how do we retrofit these older communities or neighborhoods for you know future technologies and in sustainability. Um, and I think that this is a really flexible solution for a lot of people. Um, kind of going back. A little bit to to getting that ROI that you know we're talking about or that was missing too a little bit, Jason. I think in a previous conversation the other week, you know, you and I had talked about homeowners in general, right? Like buying into a solar program is almost at times very prohibitively expensive, um, and the resale value on that home, like if you're purchasing a home with existing solar, you could be inheriting a mess, right? Or you could be getting a really great deal because valuations on solar systems um, when houses are being appraised for sale isn't always, you know, um, as easily understood. Can you speak to that a little bit, too, and kind of how all of this ties in really well together, particularly when we're looking at expanding the footprint of community solar programs? Sure. I will have to, you know, preface it with I'm not a real estate agent. I'm also right. not a real estate right. appraisal. Um, what I can talk about, though, are a couple of data points. So these are actual customers that we have in San Antonio that are part of the Big Sun Community Solar Program. And both of them uh, have a very similar story. And so uh, these two households uh, purchased rooftop solar less than two years ago. Um, they installed it on their roof. They were happy with it. It was definitely performing. They were saving money um, every single month, and it was great. 
they both decided that it was time to move. And so they wanted to, uh, they were starting families and they were moving into new houses. Uh, the challenge that they had was whenever their home was appraised, um, it, it, the, the amount of money they spent on the solar system was not included in the appraised amount for the home, right? And uh, whenever they spoke to the appraiser about it, the uh, appraiser, appraiser just said, uh, we kind of add a fixed amount and that's it. Um, and so what they found themselves in was, you know, they've, they spent, invested, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on this solar system that they were really happy with. But when it came time to sell their home, they were only getting um, kind of pennies on the dollar for it. And they were both in a situation where they had a buyer and the buyer, you know, basically said, take my offer or leave it. Um, so they ended up taking the offer. They ended up kind of losing money on their solar system whenever they sold their house. You know, both of those families came to us and said, we don't want to put solar on our roof again. We want to buy into a community solar program because of the benefit that that credit travels with you. And so they don't have to worry about 10 years from now if they decide to move again. Maybe they're upsizing. Maybe they're downsizing. Uh, again, we just point the credit to their new bill. So how does a utility-centric approach like this lower risk for everyone involved? Yeah, great question. So I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is if a utility is going to bring a solar solution to its customers, then those customers, those members of, you know, of the community um, can rest assured that this utility has done their homework. Um, and so... And, and I can speak for us, you know, specifically for Go Smart Solar, when we were selected by CPS Energy to launch Big Sun, you know, there's a lot of requirements that we uh, need to abide by in order to have the privilege, frankly, to sell solar to CPS's customers. So we have performance guarantees. So if we if we represent that a solar a purchase is going to have some sort of return, you know, that's that's written into our contract. And if we are failing, there are remedies that are, you know, that in a cure period where we have to get our act together and, and go out and clean the panels or go out and swap out the panels that are not working within a specified period of time. And we take that very seriously. Um, also, you know, it sounds silly, but you got to answer the phone. Um, but no, you know, we, we have to specify our hours of operation. We have a certain amount of time where we are expected to follow up with customers. And, uh, if they're not happy with us, they can call CPS and, and voice a complaint. So, uh, we take that very seriously. I think the other end of the spectrum, if you will, is just sort of, a, you know, a, a, a solar company that hangs a shingle up in town and starts selling solar directly to homeowners and you know and folks in, around town, and there's there's not anywhere near as much requirement that they deliver what they promise, uh, that they follow through. Uh, unfortunately, uh, solar companies come and go. So, you know, if someone has a problem with the solar they purchased 18 months ago, sometimes they can no longer contact the company that they original bought it, originally bought it from. And so uh, sometimes we even get those phone calls because what they do is they wander over to CPS's website 
And then they click on a solar link and they end up calling us and saying, well, no, I don't want to buy community solar, but I've got rooftop solar and it hasn't been working for nine months. And what do I do? And uh, I'm out of options because the original company isn't around anymore. They're not answering their phone. Um, so I, I think with a utility, you know, being selected by a utility, they raise the bar on us. And I think that means that their customers uh, can rest assured that we're going to show up and do our job or we can be replaced. Um, so, I mean, that gets a long-winded answer, but that's, that's the first thing is that we were heavily vetted and we're also uh, closely managed to make sure that we're following through and, and keeping their customers happy. And, and by the way, one of the things we do is we survey our customers. We try to measure customer satisfaction to make sure we're, you know, we are um, even before, you know, uh, dissatisfaction were to happen, we want to be able to catch that as quickly as possible. Um, so we do regular surveys to make sure uh, people feel like we're following through on our promise. You know, Robert did a great job talking about how to mitigate the risk to customers. You know, I think it's also important to talk about how do you mitigate risk to the, the actually our utility partners. Um, you know, utilities like CPS, like Austin Energy, they can buy lots of utility scale solar in West Texas and, and you know, even wind in West Texas and South Texas. I think one of the benefits of uh, community solar, at least for our kind of, you know, big sun community solar program is that we side all of the generating assets um, in the city, right? So we connect them to distribution grids. Um, we don't have to, you know, our, the utilities don't have to worry about um, any kind of congestion risk associated with transmission lines in West Texas and South Texas. Uh, so our generating assets are in the community, uh, which provides significant operational value um, to, to the utilities themselves. In addition to that, um, our customers can, can see it, right? They, um, they can see these solar panels in their neighborhoods and in their communities. And, you know, we joke around about the, uh, the Big Sun carports. We tell our customers exactly where their panels are located. So, Joyce, if you had 30 panels in Big Sun, we would tell you not only the address, but exactly where those 30 panels are within the carport. So we kind of joke around with some of our customers that on Saturdays, you can go have a picnic under your panels if you want to go visit them on the weekends. That's kind of um, cool. So we think they're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we, we actually have customers that send us photos of, you know, hey, we went and checked out the carport and here's a picture of our car underneath our panels. And, and you can always tell like, other things that they're interested in because they'll say, um, while we were there, we saw this uh, native grass growing, you know, in the median next to the carport structure, or, hey, we took a photo of a bird nest that's, you know, up in, you know, under one of the inverters or it's just, uh, I think it helps us strengthen a personal relationship with our customers, which is exactly what Robert and I are trying to do. Uh, so, you know, going back to that question, how do you uh, mitigate or lower the risk? It's our customers are really excited to be part of the program, which helps the utility. Uh, we have uh, more customers, right? More solar for more customers. So, you know, that's very important. Um, and then lastly, our generating assets are right here in the community, connected to distribution level lines, which provides 
a ton of operational value to the, our utility partners. Robert and Jason, do you guys have any final thoughts or want to speak to other exciting things that are on the horizon for 2021 for GoSmart Solar or just solar initiatives in general? Yeah, maybe I'll talk about um, our forecast in terms of where we're trying to go with this big sun idea, Jason, and then you can talk about um, sort of the accessibility uh, conversation we had beforehand. So first of all, you know, we really, we really love solar carports for all of the reasons we've been um, droning on about a little bit over the past 45 minutes. I mean, we're, we've really become carport solar geeks. Uh, but there's a lot of great things to like about solar carports. We're not on people's roofs. Uh, again, uh, you can be a renter. You can have an old roof. It doesn't matter. Um, so we really, really love that because I think it it's it's poised to be accessible to everyone in the community. Where we're trying to go with this is we want to scale the Big Sun model to other utilities. Um, you know, if there's if there's demand for covered parking in a hot city like San Antonio, there's likely demand, unmet demand for covered parking in other cities as well. And so our goal is to scale this uh, business model of kind of carport community solar to other utilities. We didn't mention this, but I'll just quickly say the reason why our focus is, is beginning to shift towards the next phase of this is because our current program of Big Sun it's a five megawatt program. It is 98.7% sold out. And of the 12 different parking lots where we're building solar carports, 10 of them are built and energized and the last wow. two are underway. So we're, you know, we're wrapping it up and we're almost done selling it all. And so then our question now is where do we go next? So we want to go to other utilities that also might be interested in, in a, a clever, community solar concept that actually allows us to lower the, the barriers to entry and make solar affordable for more people. And then we'd also would like to pitch for more business right here in San Antonio. And Joyce, as you mentioned earlier, the Flex Power Bundle of RFP is underway. So we're busy getting our plans together to, uh, to propose to do more Big Sun right here in San Antonio as well. I think it was early last year that, you know, you were able to to really release your community solar program and to know that, you know, in less than two years, you've been able to to max it out almost completely, if not completely, you know, by the end of this year, especially given all the challenges. So I just thought that that was um, really fantastic news and sets you up for a positive 2021 moving in that direction. Right. Well, well, we'll have to, uh, Robert and I will definitely, you know, we don't recommend that anyone start a, you know, small business and launch this innovative solar program during a global pandemic. You know, that part has been, <laughs> you know, fairly exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it, and then, you know, I would like to add that in terms of like, what is the, what's on the horizon for 2021, you know, I'm pretty excited that Z prime is asking me, I'm usually asking them, you know, what's coming up next year. Um, you know, we, Robert and I have been, you know, we've participated in lots of Z prime meeting, you know, meetings and conferences and summits. And we really appreciate the work that uh, all the researchers um, over there are doing and kind of providing, you know, the, it really goes a long way in terms of, 
you know, Robert and I are trying to launch something. We're trying to sell a product. You know, we tried to convince people that it adds value and there's lots of benefits. It just adds credibility to it whenever not only utilities, but nonprofits and research institutions and marketing firms and, you know, organizations like Z Prime are helping us, uh, just kind of nudging the industry along. So we definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, what we see, Robert kind of touched on this, but what we see for 2021 is, um, if anything, you know, Big Sun 1.0, what we've proved is that there's definitely demand for it, you know, especially during the trying times associated with COVID. People want to adopt solar. Uh, the more options that, um, you know, we collectively, when I say we, I mean not only us, but just, you know, the utilities and everyone else, the more options that we can put in front of households and businesses, I think the more people will uh, choose to adopt these technologies. And so what we want to do is kind of the next step is that we want to take our model and slightly tweak it to make it even more accessible to more people. And so our goal for 2021 is uh, we want to bring solar to as many households and to as many uh, commercial businesses as we possibly can throughout Central Texas. Um, and we're constantly looking at you know, innovative models to do that. And so we're excited. We have something kind of planned that we want to uh, pitch soon uh, that we think will completely eliminate all barriers um, and bring more solar to more people in San Antonio and throughout Central Texas. And so we're really excited about that. Hey, Joyce, can I talk about uh, some like more of a random thing that we didn't yeah. really touch yeah, on? Yeah, let's touch, on, let's touch yeah. on the things that we'd love to include. Yeah, sure. get it. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, Robert, um, I'm just going to talk about our team, and then yeah. I'll let you kind of finish it up. Um, okay. And and so one thing that, that we noticed, we already knew this, but it was very apparent during uh, COVID. You know, as soon as COVID hit, there was the first community case. We sent everyone home, so we've been working remotely like everyone else. Uh, but what I'll have to say is that the team that Robert and, have, Robert and I have at GoSmart Solar is just incredible. Uh, we're not a typical solar team. Uh, we definitely have the engineers, we have electricians, we have the technical people, but we also have um, a software group. And so uh, the, you know, the men and the women that are on our software team, uh, they are creating these backend platforms for us that we use. So we kind of talked about it earlier, these, you know, it's encrypted, it's secure, it provides this awesome user experience. But one thing that has really been apparent to me, and I think Robert will back this up, is, um, you know, our team, we just have incredible people that are part of GoSmart Solar, that are part of Big Sun Community Solar. They share our values. Um, they are helping us kind of launch these programs, execute these programs. And, you know, our success is they are um, really a significant part of the success of, of Robert and I and GoSmart and, and Big Sun. And so I just kind of, if they're listening, I just want to thank them. We really appreciate all the hard work that they've put into this company. We couldn't have done it without them. That's, that's a... It's a very nice thing to say, uh, and I yeah, and we're looking forward to see seeing what uh, 
what that team does next. Robert, Jason, thank you for being on and uh, talking with us today about your company and about solar in San Antonio. There's a, I constantly reminded that there's a, a lot more to, to dig into in this well, uh, no matter how many times, uh, no matter how many times I go to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Joyce, uh, thanks for being here, giving a little hometown perspective and, uh, laying this out for us. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a real pleasure. And, you know, um, again, like the intention and the heart that you guys bring to solar and our community, as well as the people on your team, it's, it's a real treat. And, um, being new to the Z prime team as well, I can kind of back up what you said about, you know, their perspectives on sustainability as well. So it's just been uh, a really nice podcast all around, I'd say. I would also say so. It's going to be in a very, very exciting year for the solar space. You know, we have, um, someone mentioned this earlier, but CPS Energy and their Flex Power Bundle, it's just, just incredible amount of solar that they want to integrate into their operation. Austin Energy up the street, they're constantly innovating. They're constantly adding renewable energy. You know, they're, they have a an equity lens that they're looking at now. They have this climate protection and adapt, you know, adaptation plan. Like it's, it's a very exciting time in central Texas to be in the renewable energy space. And Robert and I, you know, we're just really looking forward to contributing, contributing to it as much as we can. Yeah. I, I might add, you know, thank you for bringing up climate plans and sort of city-based climate plans. Um, and Jason also, I mean, I, th I thought it was obvious that we're in the solar business because of climate change, of course, uh, but it, it's never a bad idea to remind everyone that that's, that's really the beginning of why we're in this space. Um, it's nice to see that cities, uh, particularly here in San Antonio, have adopted a climate plan. Um, we're excited to be part of the community we're excited to be a small part on how we mitigate some of these climate challenges that we've created for ourselves. And I think there's huge opportunity um, for companies who want to show up and roll up their sleeves and figure out how to, how to solve some of these problems. So it's an exciting time. Uh, 2021 is going to be an interesting, 2020 has been a crazy year. Hopefully 2021 will just be more interesting than crazy and more, ch and more challenging sort of in an, in a, uh, in an optimistic way, once we get behind some of these, um, you know, some of the the sort of, hopefully the tail end of COVID and uh, we can sort of return to, uh, let's say a safer work environment. But we're, we're really excited uh, to echo Jason's point. We're proud to be a part of the solar community here in town. We consider it a privilege. We've got a ton of work to do and um, we've got a great team behind us. So we feel good about it. I'll also just say thank you, Joyce and Dylan for, for uh, starting the conversation. We're pleased to be a part of it with you. Appreciate that. Thank you. You can find our research and media at zprime.com. You can find us on social media at dylockwood, at jedooley, and at zprime underscore research. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.